1: Anyone who chooses to follow Jesus Christ will face severe opposition from the enemy.
0: Today, Pastor Greg Laurie explains the pressure we so often feel as we walk with Christ. It comes from our adversary.
1: The moment you became a Christian, you entered into a spiritual conflict. The devil effectively declared war on you. It's been said conversion has made our hearts a battlefield. So you got to learn how to fight. This is the day when the lost are found This is the day for a new beginning oh, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound oh, Can you hear the angels
0: are singing? This is the day, the day when life begins The old evangelist Billy Sunday said Temptation is the devil looking through the keyhole. Yielding is opening the door and inviting him in. How many of us have our fingerprints on the doorknob and wonder why we fell to the devil's lures? Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie brings us good insight on the spiritual environment we're living in. It's a look at the spiritual battle being waged all around us, whether we realize it or not, and how we're all soldiers in the fight.
1: ever just been walking with the Lord, doing all the things you think a Christian ought to do, when all of a sudden you are just barraged with spiritual attack. You are getting hit with doubts. You are getting hit with temptations. You are getting hit with all kinds of other problems. And you are wondering what horrible sin have I committed to bring this upon myself. Right? Here is something to consider. It may not be happening because you are doing something wrong. It may be happening because you are doing something right. And you are a threat to the devil. So this is something we need to be aware of. Listen. Like it or not. The moment you became a Christian you entered into a spiritual conflict. The devil effectively declared war on you. It has been said conversion has made our hearts a battlefield. Anyone who chooses to follow Jesus Christ will face severe opposition from the enemy. And you have a choice in this spiritual battle. You can win or you can lose. You can gain ground or you can lose ground. But you can't just say, look dude, I'm like a spiritual pacifist, okay? Oh, you're gonna go down, buddy. You're going down. So you gotta learn how to fight. The Christian life is not a playground, it's a battleground. But here's the good news. We can win in this war. And here's some more good news. We are going to win in the end. So if you feel like you're being a little overwhelmed right now, just understand that uh, God is with you. And He has told you how to win in this spiritual battle. You know, Jesus said the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. Ever heard that statement before? And what does that mean? We say it all the time. You know, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. What do you think that means? I have no idea but I like the way it sounds, right? (laughs) What does it mean when it says the gates of hell will not prevail against the church? We have to go back to ancient times and the way they conducted warfare. And we know that a common military tactic used by armies in that day was to break down the gate of the enemy's fortress with a battering ram, right? You have seen it in a lot of movies. So the battering ram, sometimes it is on fire. It hits the wooden gate and the gate catches on fire and the soldiers rush in and and defeat the occupants of the fortress. So the idea is the gates will not prevail against the battering ram. So the idea here is as we are moving forward as Christians… As we are gaining ground, not just holding ground and hopefully not losing ground, as we are advancing into enemy territory, if you will, with the message of the gospel, we are going to ultimately win the battle. The gates of hell will not prevail against us or be able to stop us. So here we are now looking at what this battle is going to look like for us. It is important we understand it because to be forewarned is to be forearmed. Let me say that again, to be forewarned is to be forearmed. So let's find out about this war we're in. Let's all look at Ephesians 6 verse 10. Finally, my brothers, I'm reading from the New King James Version, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles. That's an old timey word that means strategies and deceits. Stand against the strategies and deceits or wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places or just the supernatural world. Therefore, remember, whenever you see the word therefore, find out what it's there for. So in light of this, or therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. So if you are taking notes, here is point number one. Recognize this is a spiritual battle and it must be fought with spiritual weapons. You fight fire with fire. And there's some key ways to overcome the devil and his demons because God has not left us in the dark here. And He tells us, verse 11, put on the full armor of God. And that phrase, put on, carries the idea of once and for all. Do it once and for all. Or do it permanently. The full armor of God is not to be put on and taken off. You need to keep it on because we're going to be in the battle till the final day. The spiritual battle ends when we get to heaven. Not before. So we keep the armor of God on. And why? Number two. Because Satan is a super being and he's more than I can ever handle. Satan is a super being. He's a powerful fallen angel. I'm no match for him, nor are you. Verse 11, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. See, my objective is to stay as far away from the devil as I possibly can. Not to skate as close to what he's offering as I possibly can. The Bible tells a story in the book of Acts about some guys called the sons of Skeva, who are identified as exorcists. And they were trying to cast a demon out. By the way, the Bible never validates exorcists. It validates casting demons out of people, but there's no real biblical office of being an exorcist. And so if someone says, I'm an exorcist, my gift is casting demons out. Oh, sorry, I don't find that in the Bible. I do find demons being cast out, but not a person with a specific gifting of exorcist. These guys were called an exorcist, or exorcists rather. And uh, so, they tried to cast the demon out. And they said to this demon-possessed guy, come out of this person in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. And the demon in the guy says, listen, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but I don't know you. And then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence they fled from the house naked and battered. That's what happens when you try to take the devil on in your own strength. So don't go there. Well I come to you in the name of Jesus and Paul. No, you better just stand in the Lord only and not go where you shouldn't be. And this is a picture of us trying to overcome Satan in our own strength. You know when there's a, a situation and an officer is called, an officer arrives So call for backup, call for backup. And we need to do the same. When we're in spiritual battle we need to call for backup and that backup is the Lord Himself.
0: You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. Today, Pastor Greg is presenting a series called The Afterlife and the Eternal, and he's giving us some powerful principles for spiritual battle. Let's continue now.
1: Number three, to win in the spiritual battle, I must stand in God's strength, not my own. To win in the spiritual battle, I must stand in God's strength, not my own. Verse 10. Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Or literally, strengthen yourself in the Lord. See, what the devil wants to do is get you as far from God as he possibly can. Sort of like our phones. You know, they keep coming out with new versions of every phone out there, every new iPhone, every new Android phone. And they have all these features they add. All I really want is a phone that has enough battery life to get me through the day. Really, that's what I want. How about you? I, I, I don't care about all this other stuff. I don't care what color it is. and I don't care about these extra feet. Just get me through the day because you watch that battery drain and get lower and lower. So you're constantly plugging in, recharging, plugging in, recharging. Okay, the idea is you want to stay permanently plugged in to Christ. And the devil doesn't want you to be plugged into Christ. He wants you disconnected. So here's what you need to do start the day with the Lord. When you get up in the morning, don't start the day with social media, don't start the day checking your emails. Start the day with the Word of God and with prayer, and that will equip you to deal with all that stuff that's gonna come your way in your emails and in your texts. And from other places. So you need to get your day started in the right way. The devil doesn't want you to do that. He wants you to do anything but that. But that's where we need to start. Stand in the Lord and in the power of His might. Again, I want to keep as much distance between the devil and myself as possible. It comes down to this. Flee temptation. And don't leave a forwarding address. Run from it. Now Paul breaks down the various pieces of armor. Look at verse 14. Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. So six pieces of armor are mentioned. Six pieces. The first three, the belt, the breastplate, and the shoes were attached to the body, never to be removed. The second three, the shield, the helmet, and the sword were for specific purposes and methods of attack. So it starts by saying, gird your waist with truth. Let me just use a more modern a translation: put on the utility belt of truth. Okay. You know how Batman has his utility belt, right? All the cool little things. Little bat thing he throws at people. That is how they know it is Batman, right? That little thing he throws. But think about a police officer. They put on that belt on the outside of their uniform. They call it a Sam Brown. And on the Sam Brown they have a holster for their gun, a place for their cuffs, a place for Uh, An asp, possibly, which is a little baton thing they pull out and use. Uh, They might have uh, other little items. They have a little thing to hold a donut. Uh, They have. No, they don't. But um, so they have the utility belt. They put it on, and all their stuff, their flashlight, all the things they carry is on that belt. So we put on the utility belt of truth. The Roman soldier had a belt, and on his belt he had a sheath, which was for the uh, sword, obviously. And also the breastplate was attached to the belt. And, uh, and the belt also pulled his, well, it pulled his little skirt up, okay? Because he, he wore a toga. A toga is basically just like a skirt. And so it would be down over his knees. So when he's going into battle, he pulls it up above his knees, and he cinches in the belt so it stays above the knees, giving him freedom of movement. Now he pulls his sword out, You gotta have the belt on because if someone pulls your belt off, off comes your breastplate, there goes your sword, and your dress just fell to the ground. You're looking stupid, right? (laughs) So, what does this even mean? Put on the belt of truth. Basically, it's just saying, bottom line, if you're not walking truthfully before God, none of the rest of this really matters. You know, if you're living a hypocritical life, if you're saying one thing and doing another, then this is uh, not going to work for you. So you start with a truthful, right relationship with God. Then you have the breastplate of righteousness. What does that mean? The breastplate of righteousness. Well it is certainly not the breastplate of self-righteousness because that won't do anything for you. It is a breastplate of God's righteousness. It is not even the breastplate of your personal righteous living. What it is is a representation of your stand before God we talked about how we are justified. Which means when you become a Christian God forgive you of all of your sin and then He puts the righteousness of Christ into your spiritual bank account so to speak and you stand positionally right before God. I am a righteous man. You might say well Greg I saw you drive in here. I don't know about that. <laughs> I didn't say I always do righteous things. But positionally before God I am a righteous man. You are a righteous man. You are a righteous woman. So I stand in this special relationship with the Lord. And I bring this up because one of the devil's primary tactics is accusation. You know he comes up to you. (laughs) He tempts you uh, to think an impure thought. And then you sort of take it for a test drive. And he attacks you. What a hypocrite you are. You are not even a Christian. You don't believe in Jesus. Boom! You know blows against the breastplate. But this is righteousness where I am not standing in my good works. Or what I have done for God. I am standing in what God has done for me. Very important. Number three. We are to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. This is the footwear of the soldier. It gave him... Firm-footedness and mobility on the field of battle. If a Roman soldier wanted to be effective in battle, he had to take care of his feet. One of the common tactics of the enemy of that day would be to take uh, sticks that were sharpened and embed them in the soil. So as the Roman soldiers are advancing into battle, they step on one of those sharpened sticks that goes to their foot, they're out of commission. They're not gonna march one step further. So you want shoes that support you properly uh, I, I was having some sort of a thing where my shins were like kind of aching and, and I had these Nike Airs and I kept thinking that was a solution. So I went to some store that sells athletic shoes and they got me on a treadmill and they said, you know, we know what your problem is. You're pronating. That offended me. I slapped the guy. Um, <laughs> then he explained what it meant. I apologized quickly. Um, no, I didn't slap him. But uh, pronating, which basically means that that my foot sort of rolls. And so he said, You need more support. You don't need airs like Nike airs. You need a firmer sole. So I got sole shoes with firmer soles for when I run, which is never, but still, <laughs> I have them now. So, what does it mean to have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace? It speaks of standing firm and gaining ground. So, when the enemy attacks, I don't back down or just hold my ground. I try to advance. So let's put it all together. The belt of truth speaks of purity. The breastplate of righteousness speaks of integrity. Putting on your gospel shoes or you're having your feet shot of the preparation of the gospel at peace speaks of mobility. And how do I gain ground? Very simple answer. By proclaiming the gospel. That's how we advance in the spiritual battle. Romans 10, 14 says, how can they call on him?" Unless they believe in Him. How can they believe in Him unless they've heard about Him? And how can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them unless they're sent? And that is why the Scripture said, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. So look at your feet for a moment. Look at them. Those feet can be beautiful feet. Right? If you let those feet carry you forward with the message of the Gospel.
0: Pastor Greg Laurie with important insight today on spiritual warfare explaining that God hasn't left us unequipped and unprepared for that battle. Next time on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg offers more insight on the spiritual warfare we face and the equipment God has provided to help us fight victoriously. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called How to Fight the Spiritual Battle. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your favourite app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.